So how like how does that process work? Do they sign up with you? Like um, how does the first time somebody like joins the class? They look at your Instagram. Mm-hmm. So they'll drop me a message. We will um, go through a consultation. So we'll have a Zoom call. Um, ask them some questions. Just get to know them. You know, make them feel comfortable because. I want them to get to know me as well as I get to know them because when you have a trainer and you're with them for a minimum of 12, 12 weeks, you want to get along and you want to click with that person and their personality. Um, it's like finding your ideal hairdresser or bra lady, you know, once you click with them and you know they're good, you stay. Mm. And 95% of the time, you know, we're a good fit and sometimes people aren't and we just don't click. And I'm always completely honest with people. I'll always give them my best advice. Um, and sometimes it's just not what they're looking for or, you know, the program's not in their best interest. Okay. I mean, I'm, 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 what, what are they, what are the people who say, who are not really clicking with you? What are they looking for? People that want a quick fix, okay. people who are not willing to invest in their health and see everything, oh, well, that's way too expensive. I don't want to cook. I can't be bothered to cook. I'm too lazy. I wake up at 12 o'clock. I don't have time to do the sessions. It's too late for me. Things like that. People who like the thought of having a trainer because it's cool because their friends have it. And then there's people who really genuinely want to change and they really want it and they've just had a baby and they're feeling self-conscious and they're willing to do everything that you tell them to do. And it's so rewarding seeing that person change their life, change their body and become a better version of themselves rather than girls that are just too lazy to wake up really? to work out. That, that, that fascinates me in such such huge levels because if because if I was looking for a PT no offense the, the last I would look at would be through a virtual PT mm -hmm. right I think if, if you're willing to spend the money then spend the money and get someone and work with them on either one-to-one -one basis or with a class or whatever right so I find it interesting that you your your target market are, are people who who are interested in doing it virtually maybe because the convenience of doing it at home so here's why my target market are Busy women that don't have a lot of time. They're working crazy hours. Mm. They don't have time to get stuck in traffic or drive to a gym or moms with a big family and kids who need to be around their children. So if they can train from the comfort of their own, their own home, they've got that privacy, which a lot of people like here, flip the laptop up, do their workout in 30 minutes to 45 minutes, get it done, shower, class. Mm. So I have... After, after Corona, when I took everything online, people were really hesitant because it's new and they don't like change. It was always like, I want one-to-one, one-to-one's better. When I took it online, people were actually like, this is actually pretty good. Mm. It's so convenient and I'm still getting equally, if not better results because I can have that flexibility to do it whenever I want rather than a fixed time. And now people are used to it. I have offered my clients to, for me to rent a space and for them to come and I'll do a big class. And out of all of my girls, only two wanted to do it. Interesting. And they're like, no, we like this now. We prefer this because it's so convenient. Interesting. 
And I mean, I can still get girls to lose 20, 30 kilos doing online workouts. You don't need to get these ladies in a gym with heavy weights because it's not, they don't want to be big and bulky. They just want to be fit and healthy and toned and get rid of their stomach. I mean, I love I love that by the way because there's not there's not there's not there's never been a human being in history that accidentally became a bodybuilder. That, that doesn't yeah, <laughs> that mentality like, like I'm gonna touch weights and I'm suddenly gonna be bulky. That, yeah, it's not yeah. like <laughs> I think that's a fear a lot of females have that aren't really educated. For us to build muscle for a female, I think it's about 100 grams to 300 grams a month. If your diet's on point and you're training hard and women just think, poof, they're going to turn into Judy Marsh, but it doesn't work like that. No, I agree. I mean, I know that men can can get up to 800 to a kg, especially in the beginning, not so much in the later stages, but past the point of three to five years of training, you're yeah. intermediate, then you have to look at like exterior options, whether it's like uh, HGH or, or testosterone, but that... I would I would only ever recommend that if you're making your income mm-hmm. as a fitness bodybuilder or physique athlete or something like that. Then yeah, I mean then it makes sense. But if you're just doing it to look good on the beach, then mm. that's idiotic. Yeah, I'm I have been around that when I done bodybuilding myself. A lot of people taking uh, steroids and things for an extra advantage, but it's something that I've never done myself. At the max, supplements, BCAs, um, health supplements, protein, things like that. But I like how you put protein as a question mark. Protein powder. Protein powder. <laughs> but, you know, the more mature I get as a personal trainer, the more I realize that none of that stuff is really that good for you. Mm. And right now, I don't tell any of my clients to take protein powder, including myself. I don't take any extra supplements apart from... Until you start your own brand. Health things. And really depends. I could vlog things. Mm. If I told someone to buy something, they would buy it. But people put their trust in me. And I only really would advocate things that I genuinely believe in. And I take things like probiotics, turmeric... Um, creatine no No. I wouldn't take that really no why because of the water retention um it's just again it's not natural and your body makes it naturally anyway yeah unless you're doing a competition and you're a bodybuilder there's no real need for it I did take it in the past but now with myself my training my health my ladies they don't need it they're moms they don't need to be taking all that rubbish natural is best well, I agree with you on that. I think with with a lot of fitness industry, we, we discredit that you should be getting everything you need naturally from the foods that you eat. And the supplements are only meant to be there as, as if you're not getting it from your usual meal plan. 100%. Um, and again, people think, oh, I'll take a multivitamin, I'll take this, I'll take vitamin D. But they don't actually get the blood test done to see what they need. So they could be taking extra things that they don't need that their body's making by itself. So that's something I've actually done recently and it's something I believe in. Get your blood test done, see where you're deficient and then work from there. Because there's no point taking things if you don't need them. Uh, absolutely. I agree with the part with, its, with the deficiency, but I'm not a big believer in blood tests in the sense that it, it works on averages. 
right? And that doesn't necessarily mean you are because no 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 human being on the planet is the perfect medical average, mm -hmm. right? Because it's a conglomeration yeah, of, of most human beings. So you can take into consideration like like pulse rate or body temperature. Uh, some people, although 38, 39 would be considered a fever, there are people who live day-to-day -day lives at the temperature of 38, which would be a mild fever and you would be treated for it. But in reality, that's just how your metabolism, your body operates. And the same thing is with blood tests and stuff like that. I, I do agree with you on the deficiency part. I, I less, I'm less invested into it when it comes to if you're in overproduction, whether it be like muscle enzymes, you know, stuff like that. But I mean, to cover all bases, just a probiotic, because we all need that. We all need healthy digestion. Something like turmeric and just... Do you put it with pepper? Um, I just take capsules. Because turmeric doesn't get absorbed into the body unless you uh, ingest pepper with it. And Can you I... double check me with that, Dan? Because I'm worried oh. I'm speaking bullshit. <laughs> Didn't know that. I, I'm... I think you have to put pepper into it. Um, assuming they would have pepper in it. Oh, there we go. Uh, the pipeline enhances blah, 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 blah. Do you need black pepper to digest? Black pepper is not necessary for turmeric to be effective, but it can be helpful. Black pepper contains a compound, uh, pepperine, which inhibits the metabolic breakdown of turmeric compounds in the gut and liver. So it just ex expedites the process rather hmm. than allows it. But best thing really, natural food. Get cover all bases. Um, eat all the col colors of the rainbow. Eat good quality protein. Interesting. Because today there's a lot of antibiotics and um, uh, gene alteration. What am I trying to say? Antibiotics and hormones in your meat, your beef, your fish, mm. everything. So you need to be careful where you source your meat from. Um, now, yes, it's a little bit more expensive mm -hmm. to buy quality meat, but it's your health. Now, I understand if you're a large family, you might not be able to afford that, but it's something that I will always spend extra money on is the quality of my food. So I usually get my products and my meat from Alostra because I trust them and I know a lot of their meat is hormone and antibiotic free. Yeah, they have organic and grass-fed. Mm-hmm, they do. Irish also. Hmm? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, this is a big component with beef. A lot of people think that eating grained meat is good for you, but in reality, feeding feeding, uh, feeding them, feeding a cattle grain uh, actually makes them diabetic. So you're actually eating a sick really animal. Really bad. Yeah. And then because they're eating grain, which isn't a natural part of their diet, they get sick. And when they're sick, they're pumped full of antibiotics to keep them alive well enough for them to, to be, be slaughtered. Yes. Yeah. And then you're eating that. It's not good. Same with eggs as well. You need to be really careful where you get your eggs from because if they're farmed and the chickens are on top of each other, they're caged pumped full of antibiotics, all of that stress hormone, antibiotics goes into the egg and you eat that. It's also a large component with stress as well, will yeah. affect the meat. Uh, funny enough, like lobster, I think boiling a lobster because it's more stressful on the animal changes the flavor of the lobster than when you, um, I, I forgot what the process is called. They basically put a knife in its brain. <laughs> so it's very crude way of putting it. Grim. I don't like the thought of that. Why? I mean, lobsters are the cockroaches of the sea. I know, animal cruelty. 
Why is that animal cruelty? There's... I just wouldn't want to watch it happen. I wouldn't want to watch it That's happen. so interesting. So you would not want to partake in a hunt? No. Don't you think that's like like something moralistic around it? Like it's ethically to do it? Um, when it comes to animals, I'm not, I'm not vegan and I'm not massive into ethics and all of that. But um, if it's in front of me, I'll eat it. But I don't really like to know the ins and outs of it. I wouldn't like to be around a farm or see animals slaughtered or how a lobster's cooked. No. Interesting. Because I, I'm the exact opposite of you. Because I believe that every child should be taken to a butcher and see how an animal is slaughtered. Because I believe that it, it gives value to that meat. It, it, you know, a, a lot of people just see it as like something they just pick up in the supermarket. And, you know, mm -hmm. if you're not hungry, just throw it away. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I feel that's genuinely bad because in a sense, you know, that animal did pass away f for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a natural process. If you go to the nature, animals don't die of old age. They either get die of illness or they get hunted. It's one or the other. There's, <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a such thing as an old horse or an old elephant or an old cow or gazelle. It's very, very rare in nature. So I suppose you're right. Back to the Stone Age days, you know, that's what animals, that's what kept us alive. We hunted meat. Yeah, I mean, I like how you said back in the Stone Age. Back in the day. <laughs> it goes on today. People yeah, still yeah, go yeah, and hunt. Yeah, 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 we do. Exactly. I think there's, there's, there's merit to it, you know, like hunting a gazelle or deer or eating it. No? Same with organ meat. We don't eat organ meat, although organ meat is the most nutritional, rich food. Mm. Hearts. I like to stick to the basics. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a plain eater. I, I, I eat for convenience. I try and make all of my meals under 15 minutes or less. I, what's okay? I don't know how that has anything to do with organ meat, but all right, no, yeah. I, I stick to the basics, chicken, steaks. Chicken heart? No, definitely not. I mean, again, full of nutrients. That's like the best components of the meat is the is the intestines. No, I wouldn't fancy that. Why? It's good for you. Mm, don't know. I suppose, like, I'll not knock it till I've tried it, but I'd rather not. That's, I think that's amazing. I think it's... I, You've tried it before? Organ meat, yeah. yeah. I've had Chicken liver, heart. I've had liver before, but no heart. Liver is good for you as well. There's, there's a bunch, like for example, uh, vitamins, is it vitamin C or vitamin D? Can you check up? I don't think our, the human body produces vitamin C naturally. I think it has to be absorbed. Yes, I think so. I think it's... Vitamin D, sunlight. Vitamin D, sun, sunlight. Vitamins, vitamins, your body does not produce vitamin C. I knew it. Yeah, both actually, because vitamin D obviously. Either somewhere. you're right. And vitamin K is, as well. Yeah, the thing is, so many people here are deficient in vitamin D mm -hmm. because we hide from the sun. We work all day. We cover. It's so hot outside, mm -hmm. and that can actually cause a lot of health problems. Considering you only need twenty minutes a day in the sun. I know you'd be surprised. I mean, we live in one of the sunniest countries in the world, but yet everyone's deficient. And I would even say I'm probably deficient and we need to spend more time in the sun, make more of an effort. But it's hard when it's so hot. Well, 
Well, I, you know, I've, I've been trying to torture myself by going for a walk every day for 30, 30 to 40 minutes um, or a 20-minute jog around the island, um, mainly because I see, like, the older generation who are, like, in the jalsa, which is, like, their living room outside, and they're drinking, like, hot coffee or hot tea in the middle of the summer without an AC, without anything, and they're, like, looking at you, like, what's your problem? You know what I mean? And so, so I, I try, like, I'm trying to put an active effort now in my 30s to be like, no, I want to be able to be 90 and <laughs> yeah. be okay. Yeah. But the thing is, it's so hard taking care of yourself. There's so much, you know, you need to sleep on time, you need to drink water, you need to get vitamin D, you need to exercise, you need to eat well. You need to meditate, you need to take care of your physical health and your mental health. It's a lot, especially as you get older, you have responsibilities, you have a business. In my case, when I have a lot of people counting on me and a lot of girls that I need to take care of, you really need to be or try to be on your A game as much as possible. And it's hard and it can get exhausting. And that's why I'm always really careful about what I eat getting to bed on time. I like to be asleep by 9.30. Mm. I do wake up. I do meditate. I do try to exercise because when I don't, I feel like crap. And then I don't deliver as well for my clients. So yeah, it's a lot. Taking care of yourself so that you can take care of all of these other people. But you got to practice what you preach. I find in this industry, especially as a trainer, you can't tell your clients to do something and you do the complete opposite. You can't be a hypocrite. <sighs> no, I, I agree where, where you're coming from, but I think you would be a lot happier if, if you don't look at social media. I think that's number one step in mental health. I think getting rid of social media will, will, will be a huge benefit. And the second is to make more of an active commitment to spend time with your community or with your peers. I think those are the two biggest opponents. And we, we literally look this up almost every single day. Danny, you know what I'm going to ask you to type in? Um, anxiety level in high school versus... There you go. We literally look it up every day because people don't believe us. The average high school kid today has the same level of anxiety as the average psychiatric patient in the early 1950s. That's bad. That's terrible. And the, the reasons for that is obviously the, the lack of support that you have from your community that you used to have. You know, kids used to go out and play with other kids. Yeah. Rather now, it's like on the computer and that's it. Thing is, as much as I wish that I could go off social media, it's... It's a marketing tool and it's part of my business. So it's something that I need to run. And there have been times in the past where I needed a break and I've completely went off it for around six months. And it's been great. But also I believe in using social media for a positive. I try to post things that are useful. I try to post things that are informative and I also try to be real in what I post, things that I struggle with, because there's a lot of fitness people out there that are 
You think their life's perfect, they look great, they're eating perfect all the time. There's times where I would post, okay, today I feel like shit. Today I haven't ate well. I had a really bad day today and that's okay because I'm just human. But you also got to post the positives because people wouldn't want to view your account if you're always negative. Sure. But you don't want to be unrealistic. Okay. You know, I don't want to say every day I wake up and I exercise, every day I eat perfect, because I don't. It's just about finding a balance and being relatable because no one on this earth wakes up every day, has a perfect diet, perfect routine, and is completely happy with every aspect of their life. Okay, okay. But I mean, like you mentioned, right? You use the platform as a marketing tool, not so much as your personal, like, diary. Not so much, no. Right? Because... Because you're talking from a brand very differently than when you're talking from a person. Um, Years ago, when I first set up my Instagram, yeah, it was personal stuff and just photos. Then it went from that to bodybuilding stuff. Mm. Um, Downloaded up. Bodybuilding photos and things like that competitions, bikini photos. But after I moved here, I completely deleted all of those and Mm -hmm. restarted my account because from what I would have posted years ago is very different to now. I wouldn't post any bikini photos. I'm quite conservative in what I post. And really, why why not bikini and like body photos? You You feel like it'll attract the wrong crowd? No. If I post a photo of my body or a before and after or bikini, I make sure that it's it's a tasteful or motivational photo. There's so many girls out there just posting bikini pictures, photos of their ass for the wrong type of attention. Here, I'm very considerate of the Middle East, the market. My image and what I want to portray I don't want to portray a negative body image. I don't want people to look at me and think that's unrealistic. But on the flip side, I have insecurities. There's things that I'm not always confident about with my body. Okay. And that's things that have stemmed from bodybuilding days. Okay. Um, I'm I'm just, we're just going through streaming down your your, your, your post. I feel like it's giving you anxiety. No, 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 it's fine. So, I mean, from the bodybuilding days, that gave me body dysmorphia. Mm. And my body's been every shape and size mm. under the sun. Mm. So I understand what my clients go through. Mm-hmm. There's days where I'd wake up and I feel bloated and I think I look fat mm-hmm. when I don't. And there's days where I wake up and I'm like, mm, okay, I look good. Mm-hmm. But because I've been there, my weight's fluctuated. There's one point I gained 16 kilos because uh, I was going through a pretty rough patch in my life. But I got it off again. So, you know, I understand what girls have been through. I understand when they feel uncomfortable or when they're overweight and they want to feel good and get their confidence back because it's not nice to walk into a shop and try something on in a size that used to fit you. And it doesn't even get around your waist. Mm -hmm. And you're having to buy clothes just to cover, you know, your lumps and bumps rather than buying clothes that you really love. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, which gem am I talking to? Am I talking to the 
to you as an individual? Am I talking to you as as the brand? Right now, right now, right now I, you're talking to me as a bit of both. A bit of both, right? Because I'm, I'm because you, some of your stuff is what you're selling me is is very markety, and some of the stuff is very personal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and you're you're doing a good you're doing a great way to interlock those two, right? Um, don't you feel like? I mean, I don't know. Do you do you really want yourself to be the brand? Do you yes, get what I mean? I do. Yes. Um, because I feel in every business there's a story behind it and everyone has a story to tell and everyone has a struggle and as a result of that, that's where the business comes. And I feel rather than having a random logo, you've got a face to that. Although I don't post anything too personal, I do post things that I want people to know about me. That's what I'm saying, right? That will help to inspire them and help them to realize they're not alone and that I've suffered with things, I've been through things, and people have been following me for years and they've followed my story, me coming back to Belfast, you know, they've watched me grow and they've watched my account change and some girls that have been following me for years and only decided to sign up, they're like, we feel like we already know you. And I feel that's a good thing rather than just this cold person. You know, you're just selling a program and you're not following up with them. You're not really getting to know that person. Interesting. So Interesting. being relatable, getting people to know me, trust me, um, I think is... Because right better. now you're talking like as an influencer, as... as um, as more of a person of a public eye than from a personal aspect to it, because there's there's a differentiation when when you do a lot of content, you you start losing who you are and then start becoming what you present. You know what I mean? There's that danger mm. in, in in like staring into that void. So I try to have a good balance of social events, people getting to know me, things people want to hear about, educational things. Um, testimonials, you know, people's lives have changed. People that are, you know, really, they came to me with problems. They came to me with health issues, diabetes, PCOS, and they don't have those things anymore. Okay. And hearing it from their perspective and people viewing that, it gives them hope that, okay, I've tried everything. Nothing's worked. It's worked on this girl, so it can work for me. Um, yeah, you know, I, I made a pretty personal post um, a few, a, about a month ago about, you know, things I've struggled with. There's times where I feel really low. There's times where I binge eat. There's times where I can't be bothered getting out of bed because, you know, I'm so stressed. I'm so overwhelmed. And I got a really really, really good feedback from that because I don't think anyone is, their life's perfect and they're 100% happy. There's always things that people suffer with that we don't really know. Um, and just letting people know that that's okay. Like I will openly say that I do suffer with mental health problems mm. and I have 
A lot more so in the past. Not as much now. Depression? But I still do. Bipolar yeah. or? I've suffered with depression in the past. Okay. And the odd time it does creep back in. But it's learning to manage that. What's the trigger for you? Is it that you feel like you're not making enough headway in your life or that you're in a bad position in your life? Um, stress from running a business and really? having a lot of people count on you. That was exactly what I was going to say because from what I'm listening from you is that your life is almost centered around everyone else yeah, and not so much of you. And that's why I said that key thing earlier. I said... I feel like I'm I'm talking to a brand rather than an individual. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? And 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 I, I'm very interested in who you are. I understand what your business is, and I'm happy to promote your business. That's not an issue. <laughs> but but you can't have you can't have a good business if you don't have a good person, right? Steve Jobs was separate than Apple. No one ever assumed that Bill mm. Gates is separate than Microsoft. No one ever looked at Bill Gates and was like, yeah. oh, you're not Microsoft. Yeah. No, they, they were separate individuals. Well, there's always that probably every business owner comes across the self-doubt that they're not doing enough, that they want to do more. Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Yeah, you got it. Um, Working long hours. I mean, I quit jobs because they were making me work 12, 15, 20 hour days. Now you're working. (laughs) Whereas I'd happily do that for myself because... It's rewarding and it's my baby and you're doing it for, you know, an end goal. You're helping people change their lives. You're not just helping pay someone's salary at the end of the day. And that's what's really rewarding. And when I do feel overwhelmed and I do feel low, you know, maybe I'll spend one or two days trying to get my head together, but ultimately, have all these girls counting on me and I get myself up, I get to work, I make sure everyone's good because at the end of the day, when you help someone change their life, that motivates me, that gets me out of bed in the morning and that's more rewarding than any amount of money in the world. Okay, so you, I mean, from, from if sounds almost like a God complex in that in you. Don't you feel like you could achieve more by taking a step back? And then refocusing your effort, maybe hiring one or two people who, who do classes and you can focus. I do do that. Yeah, yeah, I have. I mean, I used to be a one-man band for a long time. Then when Corona hit, um, the business grew pretty quickly and I couldn't take it on by myself. And I have hired a few really amazing girls that work with me and I've been really lucky and blessed. They're, they're great. I couldn't do it without them. And how, how do you do, do you do a profit split or do you pay them a salary? How does that work? Um, I pay them a salary and commission. And commission, so, yeah, yeah. Based on that. Because but, I, I have a friend who works in, sorry, he owns a gym in London. Mm-hmm. I forgot what the name is, sorry, buddy. Uh, F12 or something like that. And he was telling me his biggest hurdle for his business is that when that trainer leaves, so do will the customers because they'll the, the trainer attracts that people they get locked into that person wherever that person then moves to a different gym that gives them better commission then mm-hmm. those people are, are gone he, he charges based on class basically rather than month mm-hmm. so i think it's like somewhere like 40 quid a month uh, sorry 40 quid 40 quid a class well i mean ultimately i have studied a lot 
when I qualified for my PT, I've never stopped learning. I've spent mm. a lot of money on courses and improving myself and improving my knowledge so that I can give a better service to my clients. And that's things I've also taught my staff. So, of course, you know, that's always a risk in something that, you know, they could do. But at the end of the day, I try to be a good boss and I try to treat my staff with respect and I give them everything they need and they want. I didn't say you um, didn't. <laughs> so, in return, it's like happy staff, happy clients. There's always that risk, yeah, of course, they could leave. But at the end of the day, I've built something from my knowledge they could still do a really great job, but they only you. know maybe 50% of the logistics and what goes on in the background, whereas, you know, I know the rest. And ultimately, I do a good job, and I don't think there would be any risk of not having clients, because when you're passionate about what you do, and you're good at what you do, there's always going to be customers, there's always people that need help, there's always people that need to lose weight. But... Um, open the Instagram again then we do kind of have all of the clients train with all of the girls okay. so it's not just me um, they'll be paired with me and one other girl but all of us take the classes so we see the clients all of the time and it's not just I get the clients for them I'm always checking in with them. I'm always messaging them. I'll meet them for coffee. So I play a really active role in Jesus. that as well. Okay. So, yeah. Hey, okay. So so you don't have a facility. Do you have a facility in office space at the moment where you have your girls show up and do the classes there that they're doing on Zoom or are they all doing it from their own home? I have a location in my building in Seif. Sure. Um, and they have a private studio and a ladies gym there. So we would do it from there. All right, so at least you don't have to, like, chase up on people and stuff like that. You know that they're already in the house. Yeah. Brilliant. And how, how uh, can I ask, what's your staff count at the moment? Um, I have three staff. You have three staff? Yes. And what, do you, are you suffering with a lot of labor turnover, or you're okay? No, I've had them ever since I've started. Okay. Brilliant, brilliant. But I noticed that you don't have a website, but, or do you? I do have a website. It's not on your Instagram. Uh, Danny, can you find it? It's trainingbygemma.com. Or should be, yeah. It's, in, yeah. You'll have to turn off dark mode, so that's why the, the colors are look, Danny, you have to turn off dark mode, that's why the color looks weird. There we go. Okay, nutrition, lifestyle, mindset, uh, holistic approach of losing weight. Okay, so it's mostly centered around, like we mentioned, your client base are mostly moms mm -hmm. who just at birth, they might have some, some uh, body dysphoria, they want to lose some weight, they want to get back into shape, they want their energy levels back. Can you scroll down? Okay, scroll further down. And that's a pretty functioning website, just keep scrolling. And then your success stories at the bottom, huh? Yeah. And how many clients are you working with at the moment? Uh, at the moment, we have around 30. On the Zoom? Um, or the one-to-one? -one? That's all together. That's all together? Yeah. And I'm assuming what, like 60, 70% is Zoom, and then the remaining 10 to 20 is one-to-one? 
Um, I only have four one-to-one -one clients. All the okay. rest are on Zoom. And is that because of your availability time-wise, or is that because they're not interested in doing one-to-one, -one, or what's no, the bottleneck? That's because I've kind of set up my business in a way where, yes, I do work crazy hours if I want to, but mm -hmm. I don't need to. I've studied different business courses and I've had a business mentor and I've set up my business in a way that it kind of does run itself and I can take a bit of a back step. I can travel, I can work from anywhere in the world, anywhere from my laptop. So I only take on a small amount of clients because if I travel or I want to work from somewhere else. Plus, I don't want to, I want to give them a really good quality service and be able to dedicate all of my kind of time and effort with those people and generally people that really need it or they have injuries and really need the extra help. Otherwise, they'll be online because it's flexible. Interesting. Oh, I mean, you're looking at me like... <laughs> so, um... I mean, the really great thing about it is now, if I've got these one-to-one -one clients really fit and healthy and they know how to train and I've taught them well, if I do travel, all they need is dumbbells and I can continue to do the classes with them. Okay. okay. And then we're back. And, and then we're back in the gym. What's what's the kind of, I mean, do you do it like monthly or yearly, the, the contracts or? So mainly it is 12 weeks. 12 because contracts. 12 weeks is the perfect amount of time it takes to lose around 10 kilos, Three make months, a basically. really good change, learn new habits, learn how to cook, learn portion control. Um, yeah. And then after that 12 weeks, they have the option if they want to continue and lose more or do a reverse diet. Don't know if you've heard of that before. That's where you, uh, where you slowly take in foods again, right? Yeah, because a lot of the problems are related to the girls that get the weight off and then they start eating normally and then they gain all the weight back plus more. Yo-yoing. And most of the clients that sign up, probably all of them have never heard of this before. So it's basically we get the weight off, we put them on a reverse diet, we gradually increase their calories back up, we gradually take away the amount of exercise they're doing, the amount of cardio so they can maybe work out three times a week, eat whatever they want and still maintain their weight. Interesting. Interesting. So do you, are you a believer of uh, the conservation of energy in the sense of calorie in, calorie out? Uh, what do you mean? Elaborate. So in the sense of that, that uh, calorie is a calorie. So it doesn't matter where you get that calorie from. Like if you eat, like, for example, if you're, if whatever, let's say your, your, your daily rate is a thousand calories, right? So do you believe that a thousand calories where you, if you eat one pizza or chicken and rice, is that the same or are those two different things then for you? So from a macro perspective, they're different. I don't get clients to track macros. I don't overcomplicate things. Um, I try to keep things really simple. Their diet needs to be balanced. I teach them how to have a really healthy, balanced diet, but I do allow them to have chocolate every day, a packet of crisps every day if they want, um, once a week if they do want to have a pizza or eat out, that's fine. Um, 
I don't believe in a restrictive diet, but I do believe in like the 80-20 rule. 80% of your food should be natural, whole foods, well-balanced. Interesting. 20% should be tasty things, things you really want to eat, your sweets, your crisps. Interesting, interesting. So you, so it would be a takeout pizza for you different than a home-cooked pizza? Um, right, it's right? The, I'm, 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 like this, this is the interesting thing when it comes to, when it comes to nutrition. I mean, specifically anything in nutrition when it's, when we talk from the science perspective, it's so difficult. It's so, so difficult. There's hardly been any good science coming around from nutrition. The only, there's only been like three or four good publications on papers and they were coming from the military because that's the only way you can actually control like the, the, the lifestyle and what the input is without the participants lying on their their data sheets i mean no one's perfect no one's yeah. gonna get it right 100 percent of the time no one's gonna eat perfectly they're gonna have slip-ups that's not the question i'm asking though i'm saying is is the is do you did, does it matter to you where that calories are coming from yes it okay does. there we go thank you okay of course because at the end of the day you could eat 100 grams of chicken. No, let's say, okay, let's say 250 grams of chicken. Sure. Or 250 grams of chocolate. Sure. Yes, they're exactly the same amount of calories. Mm -hmm. A ton of bricks, a ton of feathers, same thing. Mm -hmm. But how that will make you feel mm -hmm. is completely different. Your chicken is going to help keep you full. It's going to help keep you energized. The chocolate, on the other hand, will keep you full for maybe 20 minutes. You're going to have a crash. You're going to have the brain fog. You're going to feel like crap and you're going to crave more sugar. So it's really important to have a good balance. So you're not depriving yourself of things that you love, but also eating things that are going to make you feel really good. So do you believe in insulin hacking and stuff like that or not so much a big component for it? Um, I don't know what that is. So the process of, of losing fat is usually in component of how how resistant your body is to insulin oh okay yeah right I that's why you. bodybuilders inject insulin for example it's because it helps the fat burning and tighten up their, their tissue so um basically when it comes to insulin um actually here sorry i'm being very like <laughs> i'm being very technical with I you know. today okay, yeah, no, it's fine i'm happy with that um, a lot of girls here suffer with pcos mm -hmm. polycystic ovary syndrome mm -hmm. um higher than most places that I've ever lived. It's not very common in Ireland, but here, no, quite a lot of girls have it, more than, you know, anywhere else. And a lot of it is down to, I think, the quality of food that they eat, and maybe a little bit down to genetics, mm. but mainly quality of food. And a lot of people here, their primary food source is carbs, rice, sugar, dates, chobas, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know, all the good stuff. Um, and the easiest way to lose fat and improve your health and fix PCOS is to help balance out your insulin, your sugar levels, so that your body doesn't have to produce large, large amounts of insulin because um, you're always fighting back and forth. You've got that constant crash and it's always a struggle to lose weight if your insulin's high and if your stress is high. It's a recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. So um, turn it back to the insulin question. I just try to advise food groups that are balanced 
and maybe lower GI options, mm -hmm. lower glycemic index mm -hmm. options, so that their sugar levels are more stable. Because a lot of these moms and ladies that are busy and they're stressed, so they stress eat and mm -hmm. they eat sugar. Mm -hmm. And that's a vicious circle. And it's really hard to get out of that because you eat because you're stressed or you feel like crap. And for, you know, 10 minutes you feel good, then you crash again and it's a constant cycle. And that can lead to, you know, bad relationships with food, disordered eating. And it's really hard to break out of that cycle. And that's actually something that I did suffer with in the past for mm -hmm. a long time. Um, and yeah, it's just educating women. Okay, instead of just eating a bowl of rice and uh, or bread with cheese, balance every meal with a portion of protein because protein has a thermogenic effect, which means when you digest it, it actually burns calories and it's less likely to store as fat than carbs or fat would. It digests better. So when you eat um, a well-balanced meal with protein and fat in it and your carb, there's a less, um, like, the insulin spike, the blood sugar spike, sorry, mm. is uh, much less because your meals are balanced. Okay. So... It's just a really good habit I get myself into, I get my girls into, is protein with every meal. So if you're having some carbs, just make sure you have a portion of protein with that. Do you do you recommend then intermittent fasting or as I think the literature calls it, feeding window? I don't. I don't believe in any fad diets. You think that's a fad diet? Interesting. No, that said... Everyone's different, and for some people, that might work really, really well. But for majority of people, and knowing my clients and my target market, mm. it's not good for them. Interesting. Because they're going long periods throughout the day, they're busy, they're at work, they're with their kids, um, their energy will be low, so they need to maintain that energy. Another thing, Can't. a lot of them don't do it right, okay. so they think... Because I'm eating in a smaller window, I can still eat whatever I want. And it doesn't work like that. Mm. Another issue is maybe they don't eat enough food and then they get nutrition, nutritional deficiencies. And then what happens if you've got a birthday, if you've got an event, if your friends invite you out? People here are very social around food and coffee. It means you're going to be sitting there not eating. So... For some people, amazing, it's great. But for majority of people and my target market, I wouldn't say it's the best option. Because you, and as a replacement for 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 glucose, especially you can use ketones. You can get like like they're like like it's like a liquid you can just put it in your mouth, and that will give you like a spike of energy that you would get from glucose. I've had quite a lot of people come to me and say they've tried keto and they've tried intermittent fasting. Every single one of them have had health issues mm -hmm. or maybe they've lost some weight at the start and then it's completely stagnant and then they're stuck. I can talk from, I don't give a shit about my weight. For me, it's the mental component. And for me, I'm much more switched on. I'm much more present is when I'm going through, when I'm fasting. Than if I if I ate breakfast in the morning for me mentally 
There's a huge, huge difference. And the same thing is for me with cigarettes, because if I smoke, it's for me more of a nicotine as a dopamine, and not so much as a dopamine prospect, but more from, from a neurotropic perspective. It allows me to concentrate for longer. It allows me to be present for longer. So if I'm having a very difficult discussion, you'll see me smoking a lot more than if I'm just having like a, a conversation of like, hey, how's the weather? You know, <laughs> yeah. that's for me, like everything is, is centered around brain. I do get that. And I did try fasting for Ramadan. I've tried it a few times. And <clears throat> you really need to know what you're doing to feel that, you know, energized feeling and to feel sharp because I feel a lot of women here, they don't understand the right way to fast. Mm. And funny enough, although, you know, Muslims have been doing it for since they're 12 years old, a lot of the girls, when they come to me, they have no idea how to fast properly. And when I first moved here, I was like, oh, great, everyone's going to be losing weight. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be an easy month for me. And everyone was gaining weight. Mm. And I couldn't understand why. And they were tired and they were lethargic and they were drained, headaches, no energy. And I was That's like... That's just sugar crash. I was like researching and, you know, I did try it on myself. And I was like, yeah, you know, when you don't have food in your stomach, it does make you more alert and it does make you sharp. But there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. So after researching it, tried it on myself, being here for a good few years, seeing what goes down when they break their fast and understanding what they eat, I was able to then kind of create a program around that. So every Ramadan, I get great success with my clients. They do a really great job. They feel good. They look good. And, you know, there's no more lethargic feeling, no more brain fog. It's just getting that balance so they can still enjoy food and eat with their family. And they're educated about portion control. Okay. But especially how they break their fast. That's really important. Okay. Oh, this is, you're specifically talking about Ramadan now, not in general. Because yeah. you're not so much, like you just said, a big opponent, a big uh, fan of, of, uh, of inter intermittent fasting, feeding window, or whatever you want to call it. No, I wouldn't be so much. When it comes to intermittent fasting... It has huge or... health benefits. I'm, I'm pitching it hard with you. Yeah, uh, it does. What's it called when cells eat themselves? It's a process of... Ugh, my brain. Uh, what's... Danny, can you look it up? Cells eating themselves? There's a specific term for it. Cell regeneration? No, 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 no. Autophagy. There's See, autophagy and then there's another word. I don't disagree with you. There are a lot of health benefits, but the problem is people aren't educated well enough to do it right. Hmm. That's the issue. So, and another thing, I don't think it's something that a lot of people can maintain long term. If they travel, if there's different time zones, if there's occasions, if there's birthdays, it's hard to keep that up long term, that intermittent fasting. Sure. Now, a really great thing to do is even to stop eating by seven o'clock sure. and having a good 12 hour window where, you know, it gives your digestive system a break. Sure. But honestly, there's so many different diets out there. Everyone's different. Everyone needs something different. There's different things to suit them. But I just prefer 
creating a diet around habits and food that my clients already eat. Mm. So if they like a particular thing for breakfast, if they like coffee in the morning, if they eat a particular type of sweet, I will adapt their meal plan around what they love, their eating habits. If they're not necessarily a breakfast person, that's okay. Have your coffee in the morning, eat your breakfast a little bit later. But everyone's diet's different. And I just teach them to have what you normally have, a little bit more balanced, without um, taking out any food groups, without removing your sugar and the things that you enjoy, because it's more sustainable. I feel when people are put on a crazy diet or a crash diet, or if I was to tell someone to do intermittent fasting they've never done before, or someone who does intermittent fasting to eat normally, the first thing they're going to do when they stop is go back to their old eating habits. So if I can just teach them really good habits based on how they currently eat, that's so much easier to stick with them long term. Sure, it's progressive changing of behavior yeah. rather than radical change of behavior. But I don't know if there's, I mean, I'm coming from a science background when it comes to like the the the, the intermittent thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a key indicator on on your, your, your biodynamics, especially breaking fast, for example, if you time it right with your behavior, it suddenly becomes an indicator for sleep. So for example, if, if you generally, let's say, do one meal a day, but by the time you, your body naturally knows by the time that food hits your stomach, that it's going to be sleeping time in four hours. So it's very, very good for people who travel a lot, for example, in different time zones, you know, they, they just fast like they normally do. Then the moment they get to the hotel, they eat a little bit, four hours later, you're feeling tired and you're gone. So it, it has this like benefits in, in the larger scope of things. So that's why I'm, 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 so, I'm so dedicated to it because I, I think from a larger perspective, it has so many more benefits. It's also not natural. It was never in human, like never prior to what, the 18th century, since the Industrial Revolution was the only time where people were able to eat at any time of the hour. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, you know, <laughs> you ate when you had food and yeah, when you didn't, you didn't. That exactly, was just it. Exactly. Um, the problem <coughs> when I did try to fast, the problem with having that one meal as such is your stomach shrinks. So you can't eat the amount of calories you need. Interesting. I never thought about it that so, way. So say... As average female, probably you want to be eating around 1,500 to 1,800 calories. Mm -hmm. And for me to fit that in, in short, such a short space of time, I really struggled with that. I was probably eating around 500 calories um, when I tried fasting for Ramadan, mm -hmm. similar. And I got to the point where I was feeling really bad down the line because I couldn't eat enough and then I had to sleep. So number one, I find it's hard to get that amount of food in in one meal. It's a lot of stress, one meal on your digestive system. And it's too many calories to get in in one go. Interesting. So from that perspective, sometimes it's a little bit difficult. But if you're someone who, you're right, travels a lot. Or if you're someone who has a sedentary desk job, you're not moving, that's a really good option for them because they'll go mm. home, they'll eat, and they'll maybe sleep a little bit later, so they'll have a little bit more time to space their meals out. But this is another thing that I want to broach on the topic with you. I think one of the most dangerous things that I see both in 
from nutritionists, dietitians, I mean dietitians isn't a real degree, but nutritionists and, and physiotherapists and well, anyone in the, in the sports and health related world, is that when you take someone who has, what's the stress hormone called again, Dan? Cortisol. Cortisol, thank you. Um, when you have someone who is on high cortisol, like a trader, for example, uh, uh, maybe a mom who's going through some difficulties and who's just banging her, 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 bi her not biodynamics, uh, her, what are the gut bacteria called? Um, microbiome. Mm -hmm. And then say, hey, you know what? Now that you're working a stressful, whatever, eight hours, go to a high intensity workout, you know, where it's like CrossFit or something like that. Mm -hmm. Those people burn out in the span of like two months because you're going from one high cortisol event to another high cortisol event with, a, with literally no rest other than the sleep. And some people don't even do that. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I work with a lot. Mm. Nearly everyone I work with has stress. They work long hours, they have kids, and including myself, I don't have kids, but I'm stressed. <laughs> um, I've completely changed my style of training to how I used to train years ago. Um, now I would train for maybe 30 minutes and a lot lighter because when I train hard, I don't feel good, I feel exhausted. So when I train these ladies, I train them in a way that they've got a really good balance. We've got the different different classes, so for different um, levels. So whether you've just given birth and it's postnatal and you need to fix your core and your diastasis recti, which is your bread and butter, mm. and then you progress slowly to the beginner's class, then mm. intermediate and advanced. Mm. If I have a girl come to me and she's her family have got corona, she's stressed, she's home with the kids, and she's an advanced client, I would tell her, you need to regress a bit. Walk for the week, take the week off, try the beginner's class, and go from there, because you're right, if you burn yourself out in both ends, it's equally as stressful, because your body can't distinguish the difference between physical stress and mental stress. I'm with you on this. I'm 100% behind you. So sometimes it's so much better to take a step back. Um, and the results as well, if you're really stressed, it's so hard to lose weight. And the last thing you want to give that girl is a really intense program, a really intense diet. And then she's add gonna, to it. She's going to break. So we need to keep things really, really simple for people. No, I agree with you. I think the, the, the best time in my life, I think mentally and physically, was in my early 20s where, where it was 45 minutes of cardio in the morning. Then I had like uh, four to five hours of work, which was like high intensity work, mostly consultation based or, or whatever, like problem solutions or stuff like that. And then I'd have another workout in the evening, which would be like an hour or two. And that was usually just a strength based exercise because I love power, powerlifting, bodybuilding. And uh, by the end of that night, I remember I'd feel wrecked, but I'd feel relaxed, mm -hmm. right? I'd feel like, you know, and then I, maybe I would do a sauna or something like that. And then by the time I get home, maybe eat something and then khalas. And that was, that was the, the, the best period I can think of where it was mentally as well, mostly switched on. No, yeah. I, I don't physically have the time or energy to train how I used to train and to lift really heavy weights. I have a lot going on. I need to find a good balance. And right now, I don't exercise 
to look good, I exercise to feel good. I love that. I love that marketing pitch. I, <laughs> I used to, my main goal was like, I want a six pack. That's the main reason why I took up bodybuilding because I wanted to push myself. I wanted to push my boundaries and I wanted to look good. Now, I have no interest in having a six pack. I would rather wake up and feel really good than- Did you really want that masculine look though? Have abs and feel like shit. Back then, I loved it. Looking back now, not so much. Like guys would get intimidated by me. My target market wouldn't want to work with me because they don't want to look manly and have muscles. Mm. It was nice and I do kind of miss it. Really? But it's too much hard work and it's not sustainable. To look that, that ripped, your body starts to break down. You're at what, 12% body fat? At 8%. You're at 8%? Mm. Fucking hell. Yeah, 8%. There's only a few people I know that are year-round around like sub 10. And you can't maintain that. It's to maintain that year-round, it's not. It's not sustainable, especially for a female. Because when your body fat's that low, they don't tell you all the side effects. Your body starts to break down. Your reproductive system starts to shut down. Yeah, I know girls who didn't get periods anymore and stuff like that. Yeah, like I didn't have a period for a year. My hormones were completely messed up and Mm. it caused a really bad eating disorder, Mm. which I suffered with for about five years. And it was terrible. Well, guys are a little bit different because we have also a different breakdown when it comes, not just hormonally, but we have also... Genetically, depending on what ethnicity you are, you have a separation of either fast twitch or slow twitch muscle groups. That's why you see like most of the powerlifters in the world are tend to be white because they usually have a more proportion of, of uh, slow twitch muscle. So that's why if you, if you look at, hey, look at the top five um, powerlifters. I don't even think there's a, there's a single black guy in the, in the group. They're East. Oh, they're also always East European. Yeah. Just to, to go ah, in images. Yeah, you're right. They're all Eastern Europeans. Yeah. And I think there's not. I think there might be one black guy now, but I don't think there is. Yeah, you're right. To but, follow on Instagram, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> but you know, as you <coughs> progress through life, as you get older, life changes. Your job changes, your career changes, you have more stress. You need to adapt your style of training. I, from bodybuilding, it gave me a lot of anxiety over being in a gym and lifting weights. It actually put me off completely where I stopped training and I took up cycling for a good year or two years. What, I didn't go near a gym. You didn't, you didn't like the energy and the vibe you get from the people there? It's a very supportive community. It's not that... It's because I went through so much stress to get in that shape where I used to have to train twice a day and I was fueling myself on about five coffees and pre-workout and I probably had adrenal fatigue, physically and mentally exhausted. So I wasn't enjoying it. It got to the point where my love and my passion was taken away because I had to do this thing. It wasn't really a choice anymore because I had an end goal and I had a competition to do. So I used to go to the gym and I used to be doing my cardio and I used to be crying and wishing it was over. So that kind of stuck with me for yeah, a while. Yeah, that's hard to, to get over that trauma. 
And then every time I stepped into a gym, mm-hmm. I just got that sinking feeling in my stomach. I don't want to be here. So I took a long time off. I took up cycling. That was really good physically, mentally, great for your stamina, out getting fresh air. I actually started off with cycling bees. Um, that's not how I know Dana. Mm. And then went with other cycling groups, the guy cycling groups, and I got really good at it. And then eventually started getting back into the gym again. But I completely changed my style of training. And now it's something I enjoy and I don't push myself to the max. I find that interesting because I've never I've never liked cycling and I, f- I find people who like cycling. <laughs> Very strange breed. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, I take up different things and different hobbies. But um, now back to weight training, fast and effective sessions, 30 minutes, 45 max, in and out. So you do what, like cardio, what, once once a day? I don't really do a lot of cardio. I just do strength training. So you just do strength training these yes. days? Yeah. Not Any mobility fan. work or no mobility yep, work? Yeah, I'll do mobility. I'll do stretching. Um, static or like dynamic? Dynamic at the start, static at the end. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All, the old school bodybuilders are like never stretch ever. And the new generations are a little bit more. Oh, always, always. Because... I get injuries, I get tightnesses, I have lower back problems, a problem with my hip comes mm. with age and training. Um, so yeah, I always have to mm. stretch. So do you, do you have like a dedicated day where you just work on mobility? No, I don't. Um, but I do include it before and after every workout. Okay. And I do that with my, my clients as well. It's okay. really important. No, I'm just interested because I, I know like a few people now who are in the fitness industry who, who've, who've added to their routine at least, they, they say at least twice a week the full 45 minute like mobility workout where it's just about like getting as loose as possible and they're saying that it's it's helping their muscle activation yeah um, again if you've got the time great i don't so i gotta keep it short and sweet and do what i can (laughs) (laughs) trying to think what was that word called Uh, dan can you look up um um muscle poison It's, it's, it's road, road, row, row something. Ra, rahib, how do you pronounce the word? Rahib? I'm dyslexic for one. So well, I me and you what, both on this it list. It looks like rhinoceros to me. <laughs> rahib, rahib, Dan, can you read it out for me? Rahibdo. Rahibdo. Rabdo. It's called, it's called rabdo in short. Rabdomyolysis. My, myosis. I, I knew a guy who worked out so much, so, so much and so hard that he caused rhabdomyces in himself. And the, the physician said to him, your muscle injury is, is the same as a man who had a car crash and died. That's dedication. <laughs> That's dedication to a sport. <laughs> yeah. So, he, he, so it's a poisoning of the liver. And so he had to get, um, he had to get on the, the, the blood exchange thing. You know, where they go through a machine yes. and then it cleans it and puts them back in. Yeah. So he was on that for like six weeks. Oh, dear. Yeah. That's that's insane to, to work out that hard to, to cause yourself rhabdomyces. That is crazy, yeah. So it just goes to show you that if you do exercise excessively, it's not good for you. Mm. So you need to find that balance. And if you exercise excessively, it's more stressful. And you actually have the reverse effect. You... 
don't build as much muscle or, you know, your health declines or you struggle to lose weight because you're on the flip side exercising too much and not nourishing your body and your body just becomes stagnant because it's so stressed. Yeah, it's it's not easy. It's not easy. I mean, most of the people's problems are their own cause, right? Yep. Do you do anything other than fitness? Um, no. No? So that's all you are is just fitness? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I mean, that, that doesn't sound like a very fulfilling life. No, I mean, you know, I'll travel back to Belfast. I love to go back to Belfast for the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to Paris this year. I've been to Glasgow, back to where I used to live. Why did you go to Paris? What are you doing down there? Um, one of my best friends lives there. Okay. And she was getting married this year. Um, so in Paris? Not in Paris. She she's she lives there, and she's with a French a French guy. Okay. Um, so I went to visit her for a weekend before she came back to Belfast to get married. Oh, how did you find Paris? Beautiful. Don't lie. People are rude. Don't lie. It, that Paris is a shithole. No, I went to some really nice places actually. Have you seen how the roads look like? Like the Eighth District and stuff like that. It's like no, dirty I everywhere. I don't think I've been there. We just went to some nice places. I was only there for a few days, so I didn't get to see everything. But the people are rude. People are not just. I mean, people. The Parisians are fucking horrible. Then if you look around the roads and stuff like that, it's all dirty. I don't know how you got to Paris. If you took, if you went from London and you took the, the train. Um, from uh, Northern Ireland, I flew over. So you had to flew over. Yeah. But even the airport is dirty. I mean, I remember going, uh, yeah. Didn't notice that. Well, I don't know what you were looking at in Paris. Although I did have my purse stolen by one of their staff. There we go. <laughs> Which I'm not happy about yeah, I, I hate Paris. Paris is, is, is terrible. Most of France is okay. I mean, Cannes, you go there. That's all the Arabs go there. It's like, eh. And what else? That's all there is really in, in France other than those two towns. No one else goes anywhere. Mm, but, I mean, Bahrain's my favorite. That's why I'm still here. Yeah? That's yeah. another... <laughs> you're still selling Bahrain? Okay. <laughs> Honestly, I've been to a lot of places. I've lived in a lot of places. But here... Even Belfast, I don't feel it's home where the family is and my mum and I love them dearly, but I don't feel like I fit there. I feel like a wrong part. Here, I feel like I fit. I belong here. You don't need to sell it to me. I'm from Saudi. I mean, you're, 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 you're barking up the wrong tree with but, me. <laughs> people here, like, genuinely, they're so kind. They're so genuine. They're so family-orientated. I love the culture. I love the Muslim culture. I've like explored everything. I sure. had one client that one Ramadan, she took me to the mosque with her. Okay. She tried um, to convert showed you. Me how to, yeah. <laughs> showed me how to pray. And, you know, I've looked into all of this. I tried reading the Quran. It's a bit difficult to understand. But, you know, it's, it's really peaceful and it's really nice. Um, and, you know, the food. You're Protestant, I assume. Yes, I am. Yeah. So, I mean, you've, you've been through the religious experience of how it is back in the day. <laughs> so. I'm, not massively, I'm not a massively religious person, but since moving here, I've become a little bit more religious because I've been through a lot. You, you weren't raised by nuns? Like no. you, didn't, you didn't go to a, like a nunnery? <laughs> no, I did not. Really? No. I'm from a Christian background, but um, 
family's not overly religious. They try, you know, when they're young, go to Sunday school, they read the Bible, whatever, and then the choice is yours. <laughs> really? I thought, like, because it, it, when I was in the UK, when my boarding school, they, they try to shove it down your fucking throat. So. No, it's not like that at home. But, um, yeah, I mean, culture here is great. The food's amazing. Tikka is my favorite. I love Amali. I love all the Ramadan food. Mm. That's when I go home. I that's what I miss. So do you do you see yourself ever returning back to Ireland? Only for a holiday. In the ideal world, I well, I kind of do this anyway. I'll spend the summer in Ireland and a week in Christmas and the rest of the time here. Mm. So I like to have the best of both worlds. So are you worried with the Good Friday Agreement with Ireland? Honestly, I don't know much about it. I don't really follow Irish politics and I don't read the news. All right. You do realize that Ireland is separated, right? Yeah, Republic of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. The currency's different. There's a border. Your yeah. phone changes. Yeah. But when it comes to news and it comes to politics, everyone has a go at me for this, but I have a reason behind it. Um, Especially being Irish. I mean, they fucking... <laughs> so when you watch the news, it's one-sided, right? And the media only show you what they want you to see. So you're not really making up. You're not seeing the full picture. Sure. Okay. And our brain is finite. And the amount of information you can take in in one day, um, there's only so much you can remember or learn. For me to watch the news, it's negative, negative, negative. I agree. Okay. I'm with you. So the reason why I don't watch the news is because... I don't want to hear that negative crap. I'm happy to live in my little bubble in Bahrain. And if something comes up in social media or something I really need to know about the world, it'll find tell you. me. Yeah, it'll find I'll you. see it on Instagram. I mean, listen, you're you're way too young to 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 have been around when the IRA like kicked off. Yeah, uh, that was that was you, my mom. That yeah, was yeah. your mom's generation. Yeah, yeah. You were way too young. I mean, I'm way too young. Um, but but I mean. It was a very crazy time, and for a lot of the for a lot of people in Ireland, in Ireland and in England, it was quite <laughs> quite the escapade. Yeah. I mean, you know, letter bombs with love from Ireland and from the IRA and the kickoff and the blowing up of the hotel and all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it, luckily we're past that, and I mean, uh -huh. well, yeah. What are you well, talking about? Like j just under Boris Johnson or Theresa May, uh, uh, the IRA sent sent a letter. To, to to and they and it had their signature no, with love for Ireland. I mean, I mean the troubles in Belfast and the bombings in Belfast. Like mm. you know, we're past that. They're always going to be the paramilitaries. Um, they're always going to be around. But at the end of the day, Belfast now it's it's peaceful. And you know, if you don't do anything wrong and you're not in the wrong crowds, and you know, no one's going to bother you. There's always going to be that divide. You don't and think I think you have that in every religion. You have it here. But there's only a small amount of people that are uneducated and bitter and young and probably jobless who keep that going because it's nothing better to do with their time. 90% of people, they don't care. I mean, I wouldn't, I'm not sure if I would... I agree with you to a certain extent, but, but we have to also realize that the former members of the IRA who are now politicians in, in the Republic of Ireland... They are. This is never before has 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 it has 
has a revolutionary group managed to become in the modern like like hundred years managed to become government leaders in a European country? Never, never. But they somehow managed to do it, and um, they've just been recently talking about a unification of Ireland again, and that there's talk about Northern Ireland separating from the Union. It's been ongoing. And for Scotland years. has been trying it for it's years. It's been ongoing, but I really don't think it's ever going to happen. I think you. I think we'd be surprised. I think they, 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 I mean, England has touched into such a shithole after they left the European Union. Mm. And now if they're going to have hard borders on Ireland, which they never fucking wanted under the Good Friday Agreement. So I, I think a lot of Northern Irelanders are, are, are waking up and they're going, hey, you know what? Look at the Republic of Ireland. They've got all that tax-free money. All these companies are pumping, are having their companies there in order to get the tax benefits. They're incredibly employing a lot of people and they're getting a lot of money. And then Northern Ireland looks at that from Bel and you're like, what the fuck? Well, that's why I don't live there anymore. That's, that's, <laughs> from, that's from, uh, Easy life here. Yeah. I mean, it all depends on your age, I think. I mean, Bahrain, I think, suits your, suits your later stages of your life more than your early stages. See, when I was younger, I've been there, done that. I traveled, I partied. Now I'm at that stage in my life where I just want to work on my career and settle. You know, I don't, I used to drink when I was younger. I completely stopped. Well, that said, maybe <laughs> once a year, once a year, <coughs> a special occasion or a wedding, mm. you know, but. You don't miss it at all? No, I do not. We're different. Don't like how it makes me feel the next day. I have a lot of people to take care of. And when you're hungover, it knocks off for the rest of the week. Yeah, you know? but, but you, you don't have to go to that extent. I don't even really enjoy the taste that much. And I can still have a good time and go out and be sober. So, you know, for health benefits and for being on my A game, I'd rather not. I've uh, done that, been there, done that. You know. I mean, I don't know why you, where you're... <laughs> Nearly, I, I imagine we're the same generation, but but uh, I mean, there's nothing better to me on a hot summer day, a cold pint. I mean, for me, that's like the that's perfection, you know. Especially if you're sitting on the beach or something like that. For me, it would be an ice latte. See, I mean, I don't. <laughs> everyone's different, I guess. But for me, it's like a cold brewski, a cold cold beer, and just chilling and just looking out in the sun on the beach, and that's just for me. <sighs> Yeah, been there, done that. Doesn't appeal to me anymore. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to try to sell, sell it on you. <laughs> Everyone to their own. Everyone to their own. What else do you do other than we've talked about your fitness. We've talked a little bit about your experience in Ireland. We've talked a lot about your experience in Bahrain and liking it. Um, and you don't feel like you could grow your business faster in Dubai or, or Saudi Arabia. Both, you don't want to go to Dubai because it's too hectic and too fast, and you don't want to go to Saudi because it's too conservative, I imagine. No, I wouldn't mind, actually. Um, I have considered, you know, expanding to Saudi. Um, it's something that I'm considering, and it's in the pipeline. Dubai, I feel, is quite saturated. Um, but it really depends on the market and who wants, who prefers to train online. Um, but Dubai is pretty saturated. So a lot of people, when they come here from the UK or abroad, first place they go, Dubai. No one really comes to Bahrain or Saudi because they have never not heard touristic. of it or, you know, they, what they hear in the media. Hmm. I'm with you. I agree but, with um, that. Yeah. Saudi, considering that one. Why? Because it's more conservative? 
No, not. Um, I just think, you know, it's still a market to be tapped into. There's a lot of potential there. There's a lot of women that need to get fit and healthy. And Saudi's starting to open up a lot more and become a lot more modern. Um, yeah. And people are starting to be more aware of health and value their health. Well, I mean, you're, you're, I, it's hard to say. It's, it's, you know, this is unsolicited advice, but I feel like your business model needs, needs more tweaking because right now it's centered around a Zoom centric thing instead of being something like AOL Moves. Can you type that in, Danny? A L O, and then it's like that yoga brand. Alo Moves, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a new business. I do have things in the pipeline for the future and something like this would be really great and it's something that I'm considering. But yeah, it's just a new company. You know, I only really, um, it only got properly registered and everything about a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's still new. I'm still dabbling with things. I have ideas in the pipeline and things for the future, inshallah. But I want to focus on this part first and having a really good foundation before I work on the scalable part of it because I did um, take on a business course and I did scale my business and I did have a lot more clients but I didn't know them you can record this part I didn't really know them um, and you it took that enjoyment away from coaching because it's just you know, it's another number, it's another income, and I didn't enjoy that. I want to know that person, what makes them tick, who their kids are, you know, their favorite song, what makes them happy, what makes them sad. I love that part of personal training rather than just this scalable people signing in. I don't know who they are, and I want to give them a really bespoke kind of experience because there's no accountability to these um, apps and yes, however, I do want to do it down the line, but there's no accountability. You just, if they don't feel like doing it, they don't have to. Um, if they're not losing weight, they don't understand why. They don't really understand what to do with their diet. They're just given a plan to follow and workouts to do. And you can do that easily off YouTube. So I'd rather take them through the whole process, educate them how it's done, so their skills that they'll learn for the rest of their life. Okay, I hear where you're coming from. And there are business modalities that work in that structure. They're usually at a much higher price point of $5,000 per, 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 per person. They come to a location, they do training with you for two weeks, they, they get all kinds of tests done, they do all this kind of stuff. I think a company called, Danny, can you type it in? Uh, human Garage. I don't know if they're still existing anymore, but they used to do it. Sorry, I'm going to need to shoot on soon. I have somewhere to be at oh, three. Oh, sorry. <laughs> We're at three o'clock uh, right okay. now. That's okay. Anything else you wanted to bring up? Um. Hey, did you have fun at least, Michelle? I did. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> what do you say? Of course. With yeah. yeah? Of course. <laughs> You know, it's really nice to be asked on something like this. Um, mm -hmm. I was asking the guys, like, why why me? And they were like, oh, we just find people that we thought interesting. The fact that you thought I was interesting, thank you. You so are. What, what kind of, what, how did you come across my account or what appealed you to my account? So what I normally do, I have another girl, person, another girl, sorry, her name is Mary. She works in the Philippines. If you're ever looking for staff and stuff like that, look up Upwork. Fantastic mm -hmm. website to find people to, to do, like, 
like very niche specific jobs. And I said, listen, um, here are a list of keywords and find me profiles. And then I manually review those profiles. And it's not like I don't pick every asshole that I see. It mm -hmm. has to be something that clicks with me. Uh, I love fitness. We've had, I think, four, three or four fitness guys on who, who, who do similar stuff than you, but different, but all were male. And mm -hmm. this was the first time I, I found like a female one mm -hmm. that interests me. Because there was another girl I looked at their profile and I was like, yeah, this doesn't, feels very weird. It feels, it doesn't feel like it, like the kind of content that would be interesting, if that makes sense. Oh, thank you. Right? And so that's, that's then the capture moment. And that's how we reached out. Oh, interesting. Yeah? Thank you. Is that okay? <laughs> so, you know, at the end of the day, I suppose just to recap. You have to move the mic closer to your face though. Just to recap. Fist, remember? Just a fist. We all, everyone has a story and every business is kind of built around past experiences or past trauma or past struggles. And, you know, I've been through a lot in my previous jobs in mm -hmm. finance and I've been through a lot in my previous job here in Bahrain, which I resigned from. But on the flip side, I'm glad that happened because number one, it brought me to Bahrain, where I'm destined to be. And number two, it made me really resilient and strong. And you fucking drank that Kool-Aid. At the time, I was a mess, like rock bottom, like things couldn't have got any worse. And from leaving that job and turning my life around and building what I've built today, you know, I'm proud of myself for doing that for one, but we're all proud of you. Thank you. Um, I can relate to my clients. I can understand what they're going through. I'm not just this, you know, fitness girl that's had this perfect life and eats well and trains. There's a lot I've been through, you know, and there's a lot everyone's been through. And it's just being able to understand people, their weight gain, their weight loss, their insecurities, how they feel about their body, the stress, why they stress eat, you know, why people overeat, why people undereat, and just trying to let people know that's okay and find a good balance. Well, that sounds beautiful. Are you sure there's nothing else you'd like to add? We've got another 15 minutes. We can talk bullshit before you have to leave. Add. Okay. So how I got into fitness? Sure, whatever you like. Okay. So... So your promotional material. <laughs> um, I was in banking and finance. I was a fraud deterrent officer for about six years. And then I worked um, with PwC for two and a half years. And when I worked with PwC, I was bodybuilding at the time. So I was basically doing two full-time jobs because bodybuilding requires a lot of work. Mm. And, you know, this new job which I'm a very ambitious person um, and, you know, I really wanted to do well. I really wanted to prove myself and I was a top performer and I got promoted pretty quickly for being so new in the company. So I was really tough on myself, but I burnt myself out and I ended up with an eating problem uh -huh. and, you know, coming off work with stress for six weeks. So I had to come home um, and try and sort that out. And that's that eating problem from, 
you know, bodybuilding is something that stayed with me for a good few years after that. Then we were sent to America and as amazing as it was in the parks and, you know, the accommodation and the lifestyle, they made us work 15 to 20 hour days with no breaks and no weekends off. And I just cracked. And I was like, this is no life. And one day, the it was a dress down day. And I wore leggings and kind of like a baggy shirt. And I gained a little bit of weight, but I was also training. So it was a bit chunky. So I had a bit of a big ass. Mm. And the lady called me in, the, the manager, and was like, Gemma, your leggings are a little bit too tight. I think you might be distracting some of the guys in the office. Go home and change. And she was like, just remember, come to work dress for the job you want. And you resigned that day. I did. That was just the light bulb moment I needed to be like, I don't think, this. I mean, when, when was this? When was this? About maybe seven or eight years ago. I mean, that's, that's a suable offense from a HR perspective. That's seriously. You cannot, you cannot say that from a HR perspective. Your boss cannot say that either. Anyway, <laughs> I needed to hear that. And I'm glad she told me that because mm. I was like, firstly, ah, this is America. You know, it's not, it's not the Middle East, it's not Saudi. Um, and then number two, it was like, yeah, that's what I needed to hear. So next day, handed in my notice um, and that was that. Who do you find it more respectful, the Middle East or West? Respectful? Middle yeah. East, 100%. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's catcalling here as well, but it's a punishable offense. It's like, I think it's a hundred BD fine at the very minimum. And I don't think, I think the only times women get abducted in the Middle East are people's daughters. Like in the sense of like, mom and dad are divorced, dad is pissed off that he doesn't get to see his girl. That's the only time, as far as I'm aware of, that, that like abduction happens. Yeah, at home in Northern Ireland, um, or the UK, guys are disrespectful and they think they can touch you or slap you or on a night out or, you know, they won't, they'll just slam a door in your face. They're rude. They have no manners mm. and they treat girls differently. Here, on the other hand, it's like a breath of fresh air because guys here are very respectful towards women. Very respectful. And that's something that, you know, you see in the media, you think, okay, you're going to get kidnapped. You're going to get sold in the black market for camels. You're going to get treated like trash because you're white. But it couldn't be more farther from the, from the truth. People here are so respectful, so sweet, so well-mannered. And I love that about here. Well, here it's a little different because Bahrain was obviously under colonization until 1971. So they, they have a very unique love for anything that is, well, Different. England, yeah. <laughs> British, no, uh, UK, Irish. UK, anything that is UK. If you say, if I say, okay, I'm from. Who's your queen? Still this, oh, well, king now, Charles. If I'm <laughs> British, it's like, ah. Oh. If you're Irish, it's like, ah, oh, <laughs> wow, I'm part Irish. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so from that perspective, went home, quit the job, had no plan B really, but an advert popped up, which I mentioned earlier, about sports jobs in the Middle East. So I clicked on it, applied, 
got the job, came here, and set up a new life in Bahrain. But the problem was, started with a new company, which was amazing, loved that job, but the girl who I worked with, the manager, was mentally abusive to me. And I suffered with that for two and a half years. By the way, let me just interject. How, what is it with like with your experience? Who are worst women? Male bosses or female bosses? Female bosses. Right? I, this is the story I hear all the time. Because I think w women, I don't know for why, why will, will say stuff to each other that no male boss would ever. <laughs> Would ever dare to say? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, there's like pre, there's like pre quo quo and like weird sexual things that happens yeah, in offices, yeah. but never like, hey, you're fat, get out of here, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, I was always led to believe that I was the problem, that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't doing things right, um, and I never knew what mood this person was going to be in. I never knew how she was going to speak to me in front of clients. She would have put me down. She would have embarrassed me. She would have given me tasks to do. And I would have done them to the best of my ability. I'm a Virgo. I'm a perfectionist. It took me hours. Another fucking star sign. You're the second. You're it's four days in and every day oh. someone brings up a star sign. Unbelievable. Okay. It was my birthday. Oh, really? When? <laughs> 18th. Guess when mine was? When? One day after yours. Oh, wow. Happy birthday. Happy Burger birthday. Um, so, yeah, it was a really hard time for me because I thought this was all in my head and I thought I was the problem and I'd never experienced anything like this before. And I'm quite a dominant female. I'm more of a leader. I... I'm very supportive and I'm very, um, what's the word? Supportive. Uh, what am I trying to say? Fair. Fair. I'm company very woman. fair. Mm. Okay. When something's not right, you know, I understand. I'm always fair with my staff. I'm always fair with people. I always like to hear people out and find common grounds. This girl, my way or the highway? Middle Eastern girl or Indian girl or? From England. From England. And very overpowering, too much where I just completely withdrew myself. I had no voice, I had no say in anything, and our values were completely different. Um, Interesting. And we just didn't click. And I tried so, so hard. I tried to do nice things for her, I tried to buy her things, and just nothing worked, and she would just... Keep yeah. treating like shit. Yeah, it would be well, like her. positive comment, but then, you know, a negative flashback. Oh, that's really great, but I don't like this, this, and this. Rewrite that when that took me hours to do. Mm. And she didn't like me having my own Instagram account. And I had to close my account because. I think because you're, you're, you're I think she saw you as like a threat. And they brought in lots of policies that I had to sign. Be honest with me. me. Were you? Were, were, were you? Let's be be honest with me. Were you better looking than her? Yes. Do you think it has something to do with that? She was worried that you're gonna like take over her position. I have no idea. Because that's a lot of the times why like bad bosses exist is because they're worried that 
their their staff is going to take over. I was really good at what I done, but I was no threat to her whatsoever. You know, I respected her and she was good at her job, but I just didn't know what was going on and I was in such a bad place. Um, and she used to go through my phone and check messages from clients and try to find things to catch me out. And that's again, that's a huge, she used to come in to work late because she was hungover and put it down under time and loo or move all of her clients to me. So I literally had 12 hour days back to back at no time to eat, no time to breathe. I used to go home and cry and pray to God to give me a break. Hmm. It's guaranteed to have that joy, but it's not guaranteed at the end of the 12 weeks. Well, it is if you put the work in. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. Anything else you would like to say? Um, no, I suppose that's everything. Yeah, you sure? Should I say an over and out message? Yeah, sure. Um, thank you so much for having <laughs> me on your show. <laughs> You're going to say, introduce yourself because that's how we'll cut it then. Introduce myself? Yeah. Okay, and then end? Yeah, because we'll use the introduction that we're just like talking about now and we'll put it in the, in the beginning. We edit the video, obviously. Okay. Hello, my name's Gemma. I have training by Gemma. I am an online personal trainer and transformation coach for busy women and ladies that are moms. Show your nails. <laughs> I always have my nails done. There we go. <laughs> um, and then to end. Um, yeah, that's all we needed. Would you like a coffee or something or water to take home or to your next slide or whatever? I'm good, thank you. You sure? I'm good, I'm good. Let's take some pictures.